Riders Radio Theater is on the air. It's the Riders on the radio. Come on, park and saddle up and go. Get ready for the cowboy show. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, buckaroos and buckarettes. We have an incredibly full show for you this evening, so we're going to just blow on by the introduction, simply say, and this is Too Slim, I'm Ranger Doug, Woody Paul is the king of the cowboy fiddlers, and Joey is the sultan of the stomach Steinway. <laughs> Riders in the sky. We have a brand new record on MCA, and this is one of the songs on it called The Homecoming Yodel. Dark when clouds are gathering in the sky So ride along Swift on wings of night how we will fly So ride along Where someone waits with laughing eyes So ride along We'll ride along to where she waits by firelight Old pal, take care and guide us where she's waiting there for me don't step slow through the drifting snow with a yodel-eedle lady. You'll soon be warm in the big dark barn and safe from harm you'll be. She waits, I know, by the firelight's glow with a yodel-eedle lady. So ride the stormy clouds that gather high on the hills above to where my open arms will hold the one I love. So ride Don't step slow, pal, you know it won't be long. She's waiting there for me. Don't step slow through the drifting snow with the yodel little lady. You'll soon be warm in the big dark barn with the one I love. So ride. Don't step slow, pal. You know it won't be long. She waits for the wind to bring my home coming song. 
Just Like the Sun, Riders Radio Theater will come around again right after this astounding cruise opportunity from Liggety Split Travel Incorporated. Hello, friends. I'm Dr. B. Baxter Basil, MD, TD, RBI, R&D, and member National Geographic Society. And this is Lady Basil. My dear friends, I'm the bluebird of happiness today, coming to perch on your troubled soul and bring you a sunflower seed of joy. Thank you, Mama. I don't know when I've found the mother tongue so delightful. Now sit down, Mama. Friends, here's good <laughs> advice. Get up out of that chair and book a cruise, for Pete's sake. You need to get away. You need to kiss those four drab walls goodbye. You need to remember what it's all about. I remember what it's all about. Just last week, Dr. Basil waltzed me around the kitchen. Mama. We were listening to the radio, and In the Mood came on. He got that silly look on his face, and the next thing I knew... That's enough, Mama. Ah, sit down, Mama. As I was saying, you need a cruise, and lickety-split travel has one for you. No, not some corny Caribbean rust bucket dropping you off in a lot of humid dead-end ports where you can't even understand the lingo, much less the money. No, a red-blooded, two-fisted tour of the Old West, the old way. Yes, the love coach. Yes, the love coach. A genuine Studebaker stagecoach, spit-shined and partially refurbished. You and your loved one will climb aboard an exotic Lordsburg, New Mexico, and meet your no-nonsense crew. Boosh! Sit down, folks. I'm Captain Meat. I got three rules. One, I make the rules. Two, you make a mess, you clean it up. And three, no whining. Let's get up. Yes, sit up. <laughs> Pop the cork on the complimentary pen handle champagne. And listen to the crane train guide show you points of interest as the gorgeous scenery rolls by. Well, that, there's a big hill over there on your left. Boosh! There's some good-sized trees. Oh, boy, there's some big rocks dead ahead. Hold on to your kidneys. Oh. Just imagine the other nice folks you'll meet. What are you looking at, stranger? Pick a card, any card. Yeah, I'm a, an actress and, and a model. But someday, I want to direct. Oh, easy there, easy there. Whoa, stagecoach, this here's Tombstone. You got 15 minutes to check out the cheap moccasins and stay away from Trader Jack. He'll eat you alive. Oh. Yes, shopping is an adventure on the love coach. At night, a delicious gourmet feast. You folks is in luck. It's snake and bees tonight. Oh. <laughs> Courtesy of this here roadkill I picked up back yonder. Oh. What? Nobody hungry? Well, then get up. Yes, get up. And the entertainment. We don't force you to sit through a washed-up baritone or some sagging starlet who never quite made it. What's that? You're bored down there? Well, come on up on top and whittle. Now that's entertainment. To reserve your seats on the Love Coach costs a paltry $9.99 with additional back-end costs you'll be happy to pay. And if you stay over Saturday night after traveling on an alternate Tuesday, depending on the lunar cycle, you'll get the Super Saver Plus, a bonus upgrade to first class. Oh, that means you can use my canteen. I'll have some. <laughs> My goodness, what's in there? Here are the mule, Mama. You reserve your places on the love coach. Call 1-900-LET'S-GET. That's 1-900-LET'S-GET. Transportation to Lordsburg not included. I promise you, a vacation you'll never forget. They stop twice a day and let you use the little girl's room. Come on aboard. Time's a wasted. <laughs> And now back to Riders Radio Theater. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Texas Bix Bender. And well, yes, it's that time again on Riders Radio Theater, a time I've come to approach with a great deal of dread. 
It's guest time, and Too Slim always yeah. books the guests. It's always a surprise, and Too Slim, what have you got for us tonight? Ranger Doug, it's a real treat to, to bring one of our close friends in the, in the cowboy business. He's a cow person, an ex-veterinarian, and in real life, a, a cowboy poet. Here he is, and a regular contributor to NPR's Morning Edition. Well, you may have seen him on The Tonight Show. He's the author of Croutons on a Cow Pie, Baxter Black. Yeah. All right, Baxter. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you, too, Slim. Writers, welcome, everybody. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm often asked because I am close personal friends with writers in the sky. Yes. What are they really like? Well, there is a side to Joey the Cowpoka King that belies his mild-mannered image. The boy just loves a good fight. And if you're with him when it starts, you better be ready. Now, Joey is tough and can't get enough of lively conversations. And being his friend, I'm asked to defend his slight miscalculations. Among his mistakes, too often he makes none of his business his. <laughs> so I counsel restraint because sometimes he ain't as tough as he thinks he is. Like the time he cut loose in a bar called The Moose in Dillon on rodeo night. I stayed on his tail in hopes to prevail and maybe prevent us a fight, but Joey's headstrong, and it didn't take long till he got in a debate involving a chair. <laughs> and big hunks of hair. And starting to obligate his friends, I could see, which only was me. A fact I couldn't ignore, so taking his arm to lead him from harm, I drug my pal to the door. No one disagreed, and I thought that we'd made our escape free and clear, but he turned to the crowd and said good and loud, Who is the toughest guy here? <laughs> Not the smartest remark. In a place this dark, old Joey had gone too far. No one said a word, but I knew they heard, because all heads turned to the bar. And there in the hole, like a power pole, stood the pressure for all of his peers. Ugly for hire. <laughs> and he wore a truck tire that came down over his ears. <laughs> and he had on some shaps with big rubber straps, but over his arms instead <laughs> and sported a pattern like the planet Saturn. His eyebrows went clear around his head. <laughs> his good eye glared while his nostrils flared like a winded lepazon, which lent him the air of a wounded bear whose pointer had been stepped upon. <laughs> A crescent wrench swung from where it hung on a log chain wrapped round his neck, along with a claw, a circular saw, and parts from a Harley wreck. <laughs> with his sumo girt, he needed no shirt till he had no place to tuck it. And wonders don't cease, he wore a cod piece made from a backhoe bucket.
He was fantasy land, the Marlboro man and heartburn all rolled into one. From where I was looking, our goose was cooking. Our cowboy days were done. And then he spoke from the hole like a thunder roll that came from under the sea. He swallowed his snuff. Said, if you're hunting tough, I reckon that'd be me. I heard a pin drop. <laughs> the clock even stopped. Silence, except for me heaving. <laughs> but Joey instead just pointed and said, you. Take over. We're leaving. <laughs> A true story from the pen of Baxter Black. Thank you. Baxter? Yes. Baxter, have you got time to do another one for us? I'd be glad to. Oh, psst. No, no. Baxter, you got something to do. Oh, yeah? What? Well, uh, Texas Bix, help us out here. You're a special circuit court rider. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. I'm going around checking bizarre sentences, right? <laughs> well, you'll find plenty of them in this script. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I'm in charge of poetic justice. Wow! I'll take credit for that one. <laughs> well, I gotta go, but things have a way of working out. Especially around here. Ladies and gentlemen, another big hand for Baxter Black. Riders Radio Theater is a Mammoth Radio Pictures production in association with WVXU. This program is being taped live at the Emory Theater in Cincinnati, Ohio. Stay with us, Saddle Pals. We'll be right back. Here's a little bit of the rifleman theme. You're listening to Riders Radio Theater. And now Riders Radio Theater presents the ongoing saga of the Cowboy Way. Tonight, episode one of the exciting Western melodrama, Phantom of the Valley. 
As faithful listeners will no doubt recall, in our last episode, Riders in the Sky discovered that the mountain of gold they'd been seeking, an extinct volcano called the Devil's Stogie, was also the location of Slocum's hideous death ray, with which he planned to destroy the Alaskan pipeline. Slocum got the drop on him, but just in the nick of time, Sergeant Dudley and the wonder dog, Yudon King, sprang to the rescue. It seemed all was well until seconds later when Slocum's death ray ran amok and drilled a hole 25,000 feet straight down to the boiling magma below, and the formerly extinct volcano erupted with a vengeance. Slocum and Charlie attempted a getaway in a nearby helicopter. Twice, what was that you said about the chances of this volcano erupting? Being about the same as finding a palm tree made out of spam growing in downtown Dawson. Shut up, you idiot, and get this thing started. It won't start, boss. It must be that darn Johnson rod again. Meanwhile, the rider, Sergeant Dudley, and his faithful dog, Udon King, escaped. But halfway down the mountain, Ranger Doug remembered they'd left side meat on a different side of the mountain at the Golden Springs, panning for gold dust. We've got to go back, boys. We've got to get side meat. We'll never make it in time. I'll send you, Don King. The riders and Sergeant Dudley then make their way across the frozen landscape to an ice-covered hill far from the fiery volcano. We're safe here. But what about side meat and you, Don King? There's no sign of them. Oh, no. Is this the end of side meat? And you, Don King. It's time to find out as we now present episode one of Phantom of the Valley entitled, I Get It, It's Another Epilogue. I guess side meat and you Don King are goners. <laughs> it was side meat versus the volcano. Yeah, and side meat lost. Hold on, lads. Look there in the distance. It's you, you Don, Don King. King. Thank heavens he's all right. Oh, but what's that disgusting thing in his mouth? Is it side meat? I hardly think so. It looks like a charred, dirt-covered piece of rotten carrion he dug up somewhere, eh? There he is now. Now we can find out oh. what it is he's got. Ugh, it's filthy and vile-smelling. Oh, boy. Sure I say, put it down, King. <laughs> what was that sound? <laughs> it was me. Side me. You're alive. <laughs> of course I am. Thanks oh. to you, Don King. <laughs> Baloney, no thanks at all to that <laughs> butt. Why, what on earth do you mean? This courageous husky saved your life, you know. Saved my life, ha. I was doing fine till he came along. I had four flower sacks full of gold dust when that volcano blew, knocking me in the crick. Next thing I know, this lassie here fishes me out of the water, and we're bounding across the tundra. He made me leave my gold. You, you look like you got trapped by the lava and buried alive. Well, I got buried alive, all right, but not by the lava, by the dang dog. Buried by you, Don King? Yeah, three different times. Moosh. I what? kept digging myself out and getting away. He kept running me down and burying me. <laughs> yes, I see. He says he always buries old dead bags of bones, and you're no exception. Well, I... I beg your pardon, I ain't dead. No, no, of course not. But it's a mistake anyone could make. And after all, he's only a dog. Well, I don't care what he is. That means you'll end there. Easy, easy, Save your strength. We've got a long journey back to Dawson ahead of us. And since the gold we came for is now buried under thousands of tons of lava, we need to figure out some other way to save our herd. All right, but keep that mud away from me. Don't you worry about King. Come, lads, follow me. On you done, King. On. The riders make good time returning to Dawson, making only two short stops to exhume side meat. And only two weeks later, they must down Front Street and enter the courtroom of Judge Abandon All Hope Ye Who Enter Here, Parker. Gee, I wonder where the judge is. Perhaps he's late for his appointments. He must be. Oh, 
Welcome, Judge. Sergeant Dudley, call this court to order. Yes, sir. All rise. The court is now in session. Eh? Special Judge Baxter Black presiding. The first case before this court is a continuance of the Town of Dawson versus Mr. S. Meat. Thank you, Sergeant. Everyone be seated. Now, <clears throat> let's see here. Uh, mumble, mumble, Psst, Sergeant mumble, Dudley, mumble, what happened mumble. to Judge Abandon a Hall Hope Ye Who Enter Here Parker? He's on a prescribed vacation, eh? Mm. He was handing down some rather bizarre sentences, wouldn't you say? Like a quarter of a million bucks for illegally parking a mule. What's all that? What's that? Eh, nothing, Your Honor. It was nothing. Nothing, Your Honor. We're ready to proceed when you are. All right. Let's get on with it. Now, I've just read this trial transcript over, and according to this, you owe this court a quarter of a million dollars because Canadian. Mr. Meat illegally parked his mule 52 years ago. Is that right? Mm. Uh, yes, it is, Your Honor, but I'm afraid we can't pay it. Well, I'm not surprised. But since you put your herd up as a guarantee, you now forfeit that herd according to this ruling. You cowboys aware of that? Yes, sir, we are. All right, then. The defendant, Mr. Meat, will stand up while I pass sentence. I can't get up. What do you mean you can't? Get up. I mean, I can't move. My joints is rusted up or something from falling in them springs a while back. Your joints are rusted up, eh? How long has it been since you had a bath, meat? Well, let's see. I had one at Christmas. And just before we come up here, I thought about one. I don't know, about 13 weeks, I reckon. 13 weeks. Mr. Meat, I believe that dirt is what is limiting your movement. I've never seen anyone so encrusted in filth. Say. You look like you've been rolled in wallpaper paste and drugged through a fish cannery. Oh. <laughs> I refuse to pass judgment on anyone in your condition. Oh. You cowboys take him outside, break the ice on that water tank, and toss him in and scrub him down. Oh. After that, dry him off and bring him back in here, and I'll settle this case. I object! This is cruel and inhuman punishment! Come on, you can't come on, side me. You no. heard the judge. Come no. on no. Here. Following the judge's orders to a T, the riders quickly drag side meat out to the horse trough, break the ice, toss him in, and start scrubbing him down. I've never seen so much dirt, fellas, and it's heavy, too. No wonder you couldn't move, side. Yeah, say, what's all this shiny stuff mixed with the dirt? Hey, that's, uh, Woody, take a look at what Slim's talking about. Could it, could it be gold? Holy moly, it sure is, Ranger Doug. No wonder you couldn't move. It's cracked, it's caked all over him, fellas. Gold, you see? Gold? Yeah. It is gold. I'm gold-plated. Where did it come from? Well, you know... When he fell in the Golden Springs back at Lost Mountain of Gold, oh. it must have stuck to him because his hair and beard and clothes were so greasy. Oh. Well, let's finish scrubbing him down, then we can pan the gold out of the water trough. Oh. Scrubbing good, boys. Oh. We don't want to miss a single place. Hard oh. oh. though it may be for the average cowpoke to believe, the riders panned 75 pounds of gold dust inside Meek's bathwater. They also found two bushels of potatoes growing under his beard, some evidence that Elvis had recently been there in the form of a half-eaten fried banana and peanut butter sandwich. Woody, what's this gold worth at the current exchange rate? Well, you dug, I'd say a little over $400,000. I thought wow. as much. Come on, let's get back in that courtroom. And back they went with a fortune in gold and a spotless side. Your Honor! Your Honor! Your Honor! Take it, take it easy, cowboy. You act like you just struck gold. We did, and we can pay our fine. You can? Well, we don't take two-party checks or publishing clearinghouse coupons. <laughs> Has to be in cash. Well, what about gold? Will that be all right? Oh, gold? 
Where'd you boys find that? In the water trough out front, Judge. In the water trough yeah. out front? You don't say. Well, well, while you were gone, I ruled that your original fine of $250,000 was excessive and well, reduced it to $100. Wow, thanks, Judge. That's, that's great. Thank you, Judge. Don't mention it, boys. Pay the sergeant over there, and I hereby resign as special judge. I'm going to go file a claim on that water trough. The news of the writer's find spreads like a fever, and within minutes, the, the rush was on and every water trough in the territory was staked out. But the writers had had enough of hunting for gold and were more than ready to return to their home on the famed old Triple X Ranch. So while side meat went off to take care of some business, they saddled up their horses and prepared to hit the trail. On hand to see them off was Sergeant Dudley and Udon King. Thanks again for your help, cowboys, eh? And may I wish you a long and safe journey. Uh, hey, Ryder. Hey, hey, boys. Riders in the sky. Hey, Why, it's drywall. drywall. Howdy, drywall. Howdy, boys. I was just over at the Spam Palace. The Spam yeah. Palace? Yeah, it's a new restaurant over yonder. See it? A big palm tree made out of Spam growing out in front of it. Oh, yeah. Wow, imagine that. Yeah, well, anyway. I heard you boys is on trial, so I came right over here to be a character witness well, for you. Well, thanks, Drywall, but the trial's over and everything's okay. Excuse me, sir. One moment. Can you tell me where you got that paint splotch in your trousers there? Sir? That iridium paint splotch in your trousers there. Where did you get it, eh? All that. Well, I reckon I must have leaned up against one of my bullseyes while the paint was still wet. Ha! I thought as much. I arrest you in the name of the crown for painting graffiti, you miscreant. Come well, along. Wait, wait a minute, Hoss. I don't even know nobody named Graffiti. I, I painted bullseyes on them things. Tell it to the judge, if I can find one. Well, so long, Drywall. Because call us if you need a character witness. Well, the law is the law. Come on, let's go pick up Side Meat and head for home. Side Meat is waiting at the old Monte Carlo Saloon, where he's just completed a deal with the University of the Yukon to endow the Klondike Kate Law Scholarships for female saloon singers. He does it with $400,000 in gold dust. Wow. Ready to go, side meat? Come yep. on. Yes, I am, Ranger Doug. Well, let's ride. Uh, what a burning daylight, boy. Yeah. Well, that about wraps it up. Oh, yeah, whatever happened to Klondike Kate? Well, she moved to a large city in the Middle West where she was rumored to have acquired a Buick dealership and a Major League Baseball franchise. <laughs> but what about our new cereal? Phantom of the Valley. What new adventures will it bring to our intrepid heroes? And what about Slocum? Did he perish in the volcanic eruption or will he return with another of his very big and evil plans? There's only one way to find the answers to these questions and Saddle Pals, you must tune in next week for chapter two of Phantom of the Valley entitled Slocum Lives. It's big time high voltage melodrama you won't want to miss and it's coming soon to this theater of the mind. Here again are Riders in the Sky and special judge Baxter Black. We're flat out of time. We're going to get back to the singing with us and ride on out of here. Leaning on the old top rail in the big corral. I'll sing it, Baxter. Looking down the twilight trail for a long lost pal. How he sang when he sprang on his old Mustang and rode. He rode away. In a shack by the track, he said, I'll be back another 